Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. Welcome to Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. It's Robin Crane, and I am here with my good friend, Mara Glazer. Now, let me tell you about Mara. She's cool, and we've actually hung out because we live in the same area in Tampa area in Florida, and we even have had drinks together. That's how, how amazing it is, and I don't have drinks with many people. In fact, I hardly ever drink, but, but we've done it. But more importantly... Uh, uh, Mara is a world-class copywriter, and we're really going to be talking about today how to write client-attracting copy, such as emails or maybe social media posts, even if you have strict compliance. And um, that's something I'll help here because I know all about the industry. Um, but Mara has her; she actually grew up writing copy. Basically, her dad is Bill Glazer, who's worked with Dan Kennedy. And if you don't know them, uh, they've been huge in the marketing space for marketers, especially digital marketers around the world. Um, And I love this part. I'm going to actually read this here because this is kind of cool. She wasn't handed, uh, what do they call it? A silver platter or something, silver spoon in your mouth, something like that. Um, But I read this part. So her father, Bill Glazer, known to many as a direct response copywriter legend and founder of Glazer Kennedy Insider Circle with Dan Kennedy, personally taught her how to write direct response sales copy for three years, but he made her earn it first. She had to work for him for six months for free before he officially gave her a job. Then she had to figure out how to make money with social media, or she was told that she would be out, AKA fired. Well, she did generating over a million dollars tracked back to social media in under 278 days. And this was before Facebook ads were even a thing. So, so excited to have you here. You've also, I know, written for, like secretly you write for all these incredible like multimillionaires who are in the marketing space, like Grace Lieber, Amy Porterfield, uh, Zig Ziglar family, Dan Kennedy, of course, your dad, Bill Glazer, with record-breaking campaigns. Quite the intro, Mira. It is so awesome to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for making me look good. <laughs> oh, you look amazing. I mean, shoot, not everybody's even seeing you, but yeah, sound amazing, look amazing. It's incredible. So actually, I wanted to bring Mara on, especially because recently I hired Mara to work with my the ladies in my FEM program. I had a six-month program for women in financial services and insurance, and I had you help them because this whole idea of writing and writing copy or writing, uh, you know, let's say compelling messages to get people to pay attention is pretty foreign in the industry. So before we jump into that, and you can tell some stories of, of maybe how you've you've worked with these ladies, but um, give them a little bit of your background that I didn't cover maybe and and why you think it's so important to that the message that people hear or see um, will drive them to action. I used to be a miserable employee to a corporate job in the New York City fashion industry. 
I say miserable because making $35,000 a year in the Big Apple should honestly be illegal. Uh, I had no money. I lived in a strange city with no friends. And to top it off, if you've ever seen The Devil Wears Prada, that was pretty much my life. Now, around the time that I was living I'm there, the assistant part, not the actual woman who was all of those success. <laughs> the assistant part, very much so that part. <laughs> I didn't have the glitz and the glam and the beautiful house and like the, the amazing outfits. That wasn't my life. You bring in the coffee so, and get shit on basically. Pretty much. <laughs> I did get to go to some cool meetings and I did get to go to New York Fashion Week, but they put me actually in the corner in the very back row. So, you know, any, anyway, so um, at that time, I actually had an accident. Um, I ended up tearing my spine and I couldn't really walk for about three months. And it was in that moment I knew I could not have a nine to five job anymore. I couldn't work for someone else anymore. I needed the freedom to take care of myself when I needed to. So I approached my father. I called my father, Bill Glazer. Um, who at the time owned a company called Glazer Kennedy Insider Circle. He built that into the largest provider of marketing and money-making information for small business owners before he sold it. I called him up and I asked him if I could come and work for him. So the first time I asked him, he said no. And then I asked him again and he said no again. And so I... Uh, this is like in the moment of you basically being bedridden. I started to heal a little bit, but I couldn't really do much to be fair. <laughs> wow. And um, so, you know, I asked him a third time because I remembered this, the saying that we had in my family when I was growing up, which is glazers never give up. So I wasn't about to give up. So I asked him a third time and he said, okay, Mara, if you really want this, if you really want to move back to Baltimore and join the family business, you need to earn it. So Robin, he made me work for him for free for six months, um, doing whatever he asked me to do, writing marketing plans, proposals, copy, I, whatever he asked me to do, I would do. Cause that's how bad I wanted it. Six months of that goes by and he calls me up and he says, okay, Mara, if you really want this, if you really want to move back to Baltimore and join the family business, you need to understand two things. So one, you'll be working harder than you've ever worked in your whole entire life. And he definitely worked me like a dog. And uh, two, you'll be heading up the social and alternative media marketing department. And I didn't know anything about it at the time. He basically told me I'd be fired if I didn't figure out how to monetize it. So I inhaled everything I could get my hands on about it, implemented it, tested it, tracked it, tweaked it. And we did an additional seven figures in sales in less than 278 days. And that's when he told me that I earned the right to become a copywriter, except the fact of the matter is that I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> he basically made me do it. He was busy. Our other copywriter was busy. And so he gave me a project and told me, hey, you're up. And that's how I learned for three years, hands-on. He would give me a project and he would mark it up and tell me what I did right, what I did wrong, why. And I learned through him. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, so, and hopefully then he started to pay you decent money. Yeah, he started to pay me. <laughs> and then not decent your... money. Not, not decent, decent money. <laughs> pretty bad. Wow. It was okay. <laughs> he really earned it. Like it does remind me of Gary V. you know, he, but he, he actually, you know, gives a lot of credit to his father for making him work for it. And, and you're so successful now and have had, you know, such a successful business that yeah, maybe we think, maybe we think. Um, so, so, Let's talk a little bit about, well, how, how do we write this like client attracting copy? And, and actually, before you talk about that, let's talk about the different areas. Where could this copy be? And, and I'll help you with that with the compliance standpoint. But like I know we talked about email. So give them some examples of 
where you would write messages that could attract these ideal clients or quality clients and what you say and what you write is everything. Yeah. So I think what's really important to know is that direct response sales copy are the words that you use to communicate to your prospect what it is that you offer and how it is that you can help them. So my belief is that it's actually has direct response sales copy has the most important job in your business, because if you can't communicate what you do and how you can help your prospects and your clients, they're not going to get it. And then they're not going to want to work with you. So what I would recommend, let me pause on that because that's that all those words are going to be very unfamiliar to them. So stay with us, stay with us because I know you so well. Uh, I'm talking to the listener now, but, um, So direct response sales copy, you defined it, but I want to take a step back because the second that, you know, someone listening here might hear sales, they might be like, well, I don't even get it because I wouldn't write something to sell an annuity. You know, like I wouldn't write an email to try to get, so it's not like what you're used to Mara with like, they click a button, they buy something and then there's an upsell and all these things. So we, we gotta, and I know you do a lot with a high ticket market as well, but if we take a step back and we say, forget the word sales. And it's more like driving someone to action. So we can include direct response, which means they respond directly, right? Just like you've been on Facebook and you've seen an ad and your direct response is clicking that button. And then another direct response is you putting your your name and your email, okay? So when we say direct response, it's what we mean. And it's the sales copy, even if they're just selling you to give your email, or even if you're trying to just sell someone to get on an appointment to talk to you, that's considered what we're going to consider that a sale, even if there's no money involved. Okay. I know I can break that down, but I know it's different language in the marketing world. And we're so used to digital marketing space that like for the financial advisors who are used to going networking or used to getting referrals and then just jumping on and doing their thing and kind of walking through a process of how they can help. It's, it's very foreign to actually use copy to drive action which is why I wanted to bring you on because if they can have the superpower, it'll change everything for them. So keep going, but I just want to make sure they really understand what that means. Yeah, I appreciate that. We could really think of it as it's um, selling the next best step, selling the next best step. So like you said, opting in for more information, booking a call to a consult to, to chat or a discovery call or something like that. So when we think about sales copy or direct response copy, um, what we want to do is think about all of the words that we use in order to attract in prospects. So one of my favorite ways to do that is with email, which we'll talk about today, but there's other ways as well, right? So there's the words that are on your website, for example, there's the words that you might speak in a video script. There's the words that you might post in a, and put in a post social media post or a blog post, or if you are doing paid advertising in a paid advertising. And to be honest with you, it's also the words that you use in your sales conversations and your conversations that you're having with prospects. Personally, I found that I have become better at on the phone sales or face-to-face sales, which I know a lot of your 
um, your clients do when enrolling clients, when I've gotten really good at being able to write about what it is that I'm offering and that I'm selling, because that gives me the opportunity to formulate my thoughts and my words and how I want to position and package my offer. And then I now know that because I've written it out and I can do a better job in, in these sales scenarios. So that's let me, let me pause you on that as well, just again, to make sure it's in their language. And when we're talking about packaging offers, because you might be listening now and saying, well, I don't really have offers to package. You know, most of you listening, you probably have some, either you sell an annuity or you sell money management or uh, maybe life insurance, or maybe you do financial planning and, and you've never been taught to package your offerings, but those are your offerings. And what Mara is saying is like, when we, I, I talk about this a lot, I'll, I'll use my language first, is that I say, stop selling the box. And the box is like the vehicle, like a 401k rollover, like man managing the 401k, reallocating that, like that's the box or life insurance is the box or long-term care insurance is the box. And I'm like, stop selling the box. They don't want the box. They want what the box is going to give them, right? They want the result. And when you're talking about like you write sales copy for your offering, right? So if we were to look at what does money management really do for people? And if you, if you were to have Mara write the sales copy for you, she wouldn't be talking about the money management very much. She's talking about by having that money management, how it might prevent you from being stressed about your money, or it might help you feel like that you're, you're more on track to hit your goals and you're not taking as much risk and that sort of thing. And that's when you get all that out and you really understand what, what the ultimate results are, then you have those sales conversations, you have the prospecting conversations and you're having the right conversation and it's getting them to directly respond or getting them to move to the next step faster. Did I break that down? Does that make sense to you, Mara? Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And it's, um, it's putting the words in the way that they would word them to you. So when you get on the phone with a prospect who might be thinking about working with you, um, and and um, Robin, you might have to help me with some of the lingo, but they're probably not going to say, I wanna buy this insurance plan. They're going to want to say, I wanna make sure my family's protected in case something happens to me, right? And yeah, you nailed it right there, that works. That oh, works. perfect, okay. I've learned by working with your clients, I've I learned the lingo. <laughs> so, so, so that's how you wanna communicate with them. Um, and, and really one of the best ways to figure out how to do it is, is to listen to the words that they use. Like my, my father, one of the first lessons he taught me is if you want to get really good at selling, or if you wanna sell more of your products, your services, your programs, the best way to do that is to ask your clients or your prospects what they want and then give it to them. So what they want might be to make sure their family is taken care of if something happens to them. And then what they need to do that might be your insurance policy, your plan or whatever that is, but you want to speak to them in what they would say they want. Yeah. I, I talk about this. I have this challenge called the appointment generator challenge called the tag challenge. And I talk about um, just stop using buzzwords. And I have actually right behind me here, I have here like uh, actually in front of me. Anyone, if anyone's on YouTube actually watching this, if you're just listening, imagine taboo, you know, you've heard that sound before, right? And I talk about how if I take this card out and I say, okay, I have to get someone to say this thing. And, and in this case, I'm looking at a card that has the word dimple on it. And I'm not allowed to say smile, cheek, cute, 
babies or face. And if I had to get Mary to say that, I might say, you know, it's it's something on that big head of yours in the front that looks adorable when you show your teeth and instead of frowning, it's the other way. And you're like, you know, and it's not a crease, but it's something that little baby, you know, have even on their butts. And you're like, oh, it's a dimple, right? Um, so I'm trying to describe this dimple without saying all these words. And I use this analogy to talk about like, let's assume that top word was retirement and you're not allowed to say 401k, you're not allowed to say RMDs, which probably means nothing to you, Mara, but that's required minimum distribution. <laughs> so like, because that's what advisors will say, they'll talk about RMDs and, and then the person listening are like, what are we talking about? You know, that talking about allocation, rebalancing, you're not allowed to say any of those words. And now you have to get someone to say retirement and you're like, oh, well, when you stop working, it's this phase of your life. And there are no buzzwords there and they're like retirement, right? But then you can start using those words instead to say, when you stop working as opposed to using that word retirement. And so I say, stop saying your buzzwords, but then you listen and they'll start using, like, especially if you're targeting a specific person, which is what I teach. And you're, let's say you're talking to attorneys, they might use specific words and say word like firm or partner, you know, and they're talking about their, their law firm and you use their buzzwords back to them. And now they feel like you get them, right? Yeah. So you want to use their words, not yours. Otherwise you're going to get... <laughs> annoying, annoying buzz all the time. <laughs> lots okay, of nose. Carry on, carry on. What's that? You'll get lots of nose from your You'll prospect. Lots of nose. It's 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 worse than the buzz, I guess. <laughs> it's a toss up. It's a toss up. Okay, yeah. continue. That's great. Thanks for letting me interrupt you. Yeah, well, actually, I think we had finished that thought or that question. We got that question. So, oh, that question one, 20 minutes in. We nailed it. We nailed it. Okay, cool. So, so one big takeaway you said is first of all, we got to understand like direct response. We want people to respond and we want it to be driving them to the next step, right? And whatever that next step is. Um, and then using their words, not yours. What, what other key components would really help them write compelling copy or, or copy to attract their? attract quality clients. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that, or I have a tip, I guess I could share. Um, it's, it's one of my best tips because I hear from a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, and I imagine that this also will really resonate with your audience. You know, they sit down in front of their computer. They've got this blank Google document or word document or whatever they're, they're going to use open. And then they just stare at their computer screen, wondering like, what the heck do I even write about? Right. And then they get a whole bunch of anxiety about it. So I have a quick little tip that should hopefully help you through that. So what I want for you to do, if you're listening to this is the next time you sit down to write, let's say you're writing an email for a prospect or something like that. I want for you to imagine for a moment that you are writing to one of your very best friends who would also be a really great client for your business. And hey, they might even already be a client in your business as well. Because what happens is when we sit down and we write an email to one of our friends is we don't get that anxiety about what we're going to say. We don't get nervous about what we're going to say. We're not wondering like, oh, is this going to be perfect? Oh my God, goodness. You know, and so, but we sometimes do that when we know that it's like a, a business setting or maybe a lot of people are going to read it or something like that. So get really present to who that person might be be, pick that friend and just sit down and write your email or your blog post or 
your website page as if you are writing to that friend. And then you can come back and edit it up, tweak it, make adjustments, make it sound better. But now you've got something down on the page and now you've got something that you can work with and you can mold and you can form to make sure that it really does a great job of expressing who you are, what you do and what that next best step would be. And then it's not so formal, right? It actually sounds like you're talking to, what do you call it? A friend tour or something? Oh, the friend tour concept. Yeah. So, yeah. So when you wake up in the morning and you check your email inbox, I don't know if you're like me, but I have like a million emails that come in overnight. Right. And so some of them are promotions and some of them are like from my favorite stores and some of them are bills. And then I've got emails in there for me from like my mom or my best friend in Singapore or something like that. Which emails are you going to open first? Chances are you're going to open the one from a family member or from a friend first. So what you want to do is you want to start positioning yourself as that friend figure so that your prospects and your clients are really excited to open your emails. But the other thing is, is you don't just want them to think of you as your friend because you also want them to take your advice and to continue to hire you and to continue to want to work with you. So that's why you've got to find that really good balance of the friend tour, the friend and the mentor. And to be honest with you, I like to kind of stay in like the 80% friend, 20% mentor type of phase, because I really want for those people that are getting your emails or reading your, um, your sales copy to really have that trust in you. And that, that no like, and trust factor, that cliche term that we all hear all the time, but it's true. I want them to feel that way about you. And so you've got to kind of be unbalanced in the more of the friend zone, <laughs> less in the mentor zone. So it's like the 80, 20, yeah, 80 friend zone, different meaning of friends on this time. Okay. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, so I want to, I want to address this, uh, just address compliance for a minute. And this is, I know you're not your thing, but this is important for the listeners is that, you know, what you might come up against, obviously, if you're just writing to one person, um, you can you don't have typically, so they don't have to submit that to compliance if it's just one person, but if it's going to go to many people at the same time, it has to go through compliance. And even if it's just to one person, they usually have bots or something like, you know, they're, they're being watched by big brother to make sure they're not saying I guarantee 10% or something crazy like that. So you still want to watch what you say. Now, what I've found, whether it's writing an email, doing a blog, an article, um, video, and I know not everybody can do videos, but um, some of you who can do videos, most don't, but you should. Um, but, and let's just say seminars, all those things you need to get through compliance. And they're actually given pre-approved materials, pre-approved materials, meaning it's pre-approved. So they can just use a blanketed email. Like here's this, here's an email, like they could pay you guys listening, know what I'm talking about, but you can pay for emails and just send these blanketed emails that okay, about the market or about whatever, they're already pre-approved. You don't have to go through the, the uh, annoying, agonizing part of compliance to get things actually approved. But I wanna tell you that going through compliance and even getting them to question you and say, maybe you can't do this, or this sounds a little promissory, it's worth it. Because the problem with all that stuff, it, like when you just have a very, I just keep saying blanketed messaging, is you don't get anyone to respond and it doesn't work because it doesn't sound like a friend tour. It doesn't sound personal. It doesn't sound like something, an email that I want to open. So I would encourage you, yes, it's going to be a pain to go through compliance. Um, but if you start writing things that are more going to be for posts or that's going to be, you know, for a seminar, especially, or, or going to, to, you want to get a lot of people to see this is that you take the time to write it 
or hire someone to do it. And you take the time to really think about what you're saying and who you're saying it to, and then let compliance tell you you can't say those things and start to you know shift it. You don't have to promise them 10% of the market. You just got to actually talk to them like a friend. You probably shouldn't even talk about the market. And those things that compliance wouldn't normally see are actually less likely to get disapproved because it's it's you're not talking about making any big promises. You're actually just talking to them like a friend. So please, my, my biggest advice just to, you know, to jump in before I get back to Mara is don't like worry about the, like, oh, I don't want to cause friction because what you're doing is now it's taking you 10 times, a hundred times the, the amount of time and effort and energy to get people on your calendar, those quality prospects or to get people to pay attention because you don't have anything attracting them. Right. And instead, if you took 10 hours to write a whole, you know, five to 10 email series that actually talked to them as a friend and and was really having the conversation that they would like to have, compliance might think it's different, but there's no reason why they wouldn't actually approve it. Yeah. Okay. I know that was a lot for for just to jump in, but I know what they're thinking. So anything to add on that that you've maybe experienced with working with my clients and trying to get them away from that block and like how to just keep pushing through and and actually you know, challenge compliance a little bit. So you have a voice. Yeah. Well, I've actually seen some of these templates. Some of your clients have shown me some of these templates and they're not good. <laughs> so horrible. they're horrible. Really horrible. <laughs> so, um, I would say definitely don't use those templates. And, um, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, my dad always says, don't ask, don't get. So if, you um, don't submit your version of your direct copy, your direct response copy, your sales copy, or whatever we're going to call it. <laughs> so this no, call. It's so ingrained in response copy. If, if you don't submit it and ask, the answer is automatically no. You know, so um, so I would suggest doing it. And then we worked with a lot of your clients where they've submitted the copy we wrote for them to compliance, and. Um, honestly, it was fine. You know, like they maybe came back with a couple little adjustments and tweaks, right? We would make them submit it again. It was all good. It was a lot easier than I had actually anticipated it was going to be from hearing you and, and your clients talk about the process. So I think it's worth it. Um, especially if it's going to allow for you to enroll clients easier, because I really feel strongly that the copy that they would give you, the templates they would give you would not. Absolutely. And then this is a super long process. And, and it's more about just waiting. Like I'm going to drip on these people for three years or something. And when something happens to them, there's some transition in their life. Kids go to college, someone gets divorced, someone passes away. Then they come running to you because you've been sending them these, this horrible, boring copy, but at least you're in their inbox maybe. But you, you don't have to wait three years. You might just have to wait three weeks or maybe three days or maybe one day if you had something compelling and talking to them. So it's extra effort, but in the end, it's actually way less effort because all the other stuff of you, you know, having to go networking or busting your butt doing the stuff or, or trying to send a million messages on LinkedIn and nobody responding, it's because your messaging is bad. It's because it's you're not talking to them like a friend. It's because you don't have something to say to them that's compelling that makes them want to respond. So yeah. it's huge. It's one of the things I bring up all the time when I'm teaching this stuff just around like messaging and how important messaging is and how messaging is an unfamiliar word in the industry. 
like truly like no one tells you in the industry that messaging is important and in, in digital marketing and the marketing world it is everything you can't like write copy when you don't know who you're talking to and then most people in the industry don't even know who they're talking to because they're talking to everybody so i'm not trying to say this stuff to be mean or to you know really uh talk smack about the industry i'm saying that there's a lot there's like a window of opportunity there's so much opportunity for you to take this on as something important and even if it takes you a little bit more time it'll take so you know like save you so much time when you have these these skills and have have um, campaigns and all this stuff. So um, can you give them uh, just like one more thing, like to leave them with like a piece of advice that would you think would help them to start to own this and, and, and actually at least make it a priority for them and their business? Uh, yeah, for sure. Well, I can give you a, a tip. I'm going to give another tip that I think will help uh, make it easier for your clients to get started with their own writing. Um, and then I'll share one more thought. So, <laughs> so you're good. You're good. Keep going. Um, in working with a lot of your clients, one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of your clients would have been a perfect client for themselves years ago before they got started doing what they do now. So for example, I know that you have a lot of women that you work with that specifically um, are, are financial advisors for let's say women who got divorced, and those women have been divorced, right? And they wish they had someone to guide them through their financial process when they were going through that. That's just one example of it. And so I imagine not all, but a good portion of the people watching this fit into that bucket too. So when you're thinking about what it is that you're going to write and the messages that you're going to create and the copy and the words that you're going to put down on paper on the computer, one thing you could really consider doing is putting yourself back in your shoes those years ago when you would have been a perfect client for yourself now and ask yourself like what would i what was i feeling at that time what were my biggest fears at the time what were my desires at the time what was i seeking at that time what would i have needed to hear at that time to make a decision about hiring my future version of myself and come from that place as you're writing your messages and your messaging. Um, and then from there, as you're reviewing your copy, once you've completed it, you know, I really want to encourage you to ask yourself this really a simple question, which is like, am I sold? Would I be the person who would, would I take that next best step? Would I opt in for the report? Would I book the discovery call, right? If I received this email or if I read this blog post or whatever it is. And if the answer is yes, then you could feel good about the work that you did and send it out and see how it performs. And if the answer is no, then you know, you need to work on it a little bit more. Um, Mara. <laughs> or hire us to do it. We'd be happy to do that for you. We've, we've done that now for, for a good number of your clients and they're all awesome. So I, I didn't, Oh, do you have one more thing to add or is that two? Um, well, you would ask me if I had any words about how important it is. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate what I said at the beginning, which is the words that you, um, that you craft, 
um, really are so important because they explain what you do and how you help people. And if you don't get really good at being able to craft your messaging in that way, it's going to be confusing and it's actually going to be a deterrent and, and detract your prospects from you. So you really either have to get really good at it yourself or have somebody do it for you. In my opinion, it's the most important job in your company. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a copywriter. I really believe it. I think I need to hire you again. <laughs> more stuff. I mean, I'm sold. I'm sold. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so important. And I kind of pride myself on being pretty good at copywriting because I know my client. And I think a lot of it is because of what you just said is I, I was my client. Like I, I lived it. I was in the industry for, for 10 years. I struggled in the male dominated industry. Like so many women who come to me and come to our our challenge. They're like, Oh my gosh, I, I read, I saw your ad or I, I saw it on the, you know, they don't know landing page, but you know, I saw it on that page and, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's exactly how I feel because I know what I, I know how you all are feeling when it comes to, you know, feeling like you, you need, you want to attract quality, quality prospects and you want to make sure to work with ideal clients and you're, you're constantly servicing your clients. And I mean, there's just so much like I get, and then to, to be, taught all these things in, in this industry where it's just ma- mostly men teaching you where they're telling you to just go, 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 work, 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 like just make those calls, go networking. And it's all about busy, 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 but it's not necessarily about efficiency and effectiveness. And you have kids at home and you have, you know, whatever it's like, I get it. Cause I'm a woman and I, and I experienced it and that's why I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Um, what, what I'm not good at is taking the time to do it. And I think a lot of women listening will be like, this sounds great, but oh my gosh, I don't have the time. And I want to just remind you, like I said earlier, is that put, it, it's just an investment. It's an investment of time. You either invest money or you invest time. You invest money and hire Mara and her team, or you can invest time and start to really think about who this person you want to attract is and start getting in their heads and using their language. And that's going to help you in so many ways to grow your business and sales and, and even fulfillment on the servicing side. So that's extremely helpful. I, I didn't ask you this before, but I, I'm going to put you on the spot and do it because um, you could say no, but we can always put this out. Um, but can you, is there any sort of discount if anyone comes to you and says, I heard the podcast and I want to, you know, cause I know you have pretty great packages you've done for my ladies and we don't have to talk about specific cause who knows what they need, but I know you've helped my ladies with you know, their bios on LinkedIn, or you've helped them with some messaging on, on, on email and whatnot. If someone comes to you and they've heard this podcast, can you hook with the, hook them up with some sort of discount so we can say, oh, cool. Like they heard the podcast and we're going to, we're going to reward you for that. Yeah. 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 So it depends what your, what your listeners need. Um, so most of the work that we do, we quote it by project. So, um, if you are listening to this and you would like some help with your copy, what you can do is is book a call with me and let me know that you listen to Robin's podcast and then we'll hook you up with something special. So, um, the hookup. Okay. So what's the the best with you? At a minimum, have a call because, you know, you might learn something from Mara that's going to just help you tremendously to know, well, what should I even do? Like, should I do an email campaign? Should I do some posts? So many people are like, start all, put all this energy towards posting on social media. And then they don't realize they're two eyeballs, you know, and maybe the best thing for you is email or maybe it's something else. So that might be helpful as well. So what, what's the best way to get in touch with you, get on your calendar or your team's calendar? 
Yeah, thank you. Just go to maraglazer.com, M-A-R-A-G-L-A-Z-E-R.com, and you um, can actually book a call right at the top of my website. Awesome. That is amazing because I feel like I didn't even know if I could promote you to get on calls because I know I'm too busy to do this call. So the fact that you're going to get on the call is amazing. So um, take her up on that. That's incredible, especially for you, those of you who really want to up level your marketing and take it to the next step. But the whole goal here is for you to get some tips and some ideas and strategies to attract quality clients to you, to your calendar. So you can, of course, make a, make a bigger impact and have a better business and a better life. So thank you so much to Mara for, thank you for joining us. Um, and thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time on growing your financial business, the woman's way. Bye. Thanks for having me. Are you getting all the quality prospects on your calendar that you'd like? If not, join us in the appointment generator challenge, go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for free. We guarantee you'll get five quality appointments in five days if you follow this system and you can do it from online. You don't even have to pick up the phone, whether you're just starting, whether you've been in the industry three to five years or even 30 years, this challenge will be perfect for you. Check it out, femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for absolutely free. Can't wait to see you there. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.